Hello and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast where your host is myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland and Barrett. Why are we called SEO SAS? Well, we like to think of ourselves as your special answering service when it comes to SEO. So each week we will delve into a particular subject within SEO. We will invite a guest to come and talk to us and uh, we'll just sort of uh, debate, um, have a conversation, draw on each other's experiences, knowledge. Um, so basically, the idea here with this podcast is that together we all get better at SEO. Now, this week, I have the absolute pleasure of talking to the wonderful Emily Brady, who is the Senior Manager of Local SEO Solutions at a marketing and advertising agency and software provider, Milestone. Hello, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show today. What a great way for me to start my Friday. <laughs> ah, yes, because it's, um, we were just having this conversation before, weren't we? My Friday is nearly over, uh, whereas your Friday has just begun. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> So what is there, have you got like a quite busy day ahead of you or is it quite chill for a Friday? You know, Fridays are typically very chill, but this one is like back-to-back meetings all day. So it's kind of an exception, but I guess that makes the weekends all that all that more relaxing. So it <laughs> all I always forget as well, like when it's back-to-back meetings, you've also got to like factor in time for like if you need to prepare for the meeting and like follow-ups of each meeting, don't you? Um, but yeah, I, um, because I started my job at Holland and Barrett during lockdown, I quite like Teams meetings and calls because I get to like actually meet people and see see who I'm working with. Um, so, so Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, oh. same, same. I oh. I have not physically, I haven't like met any of my teammates at Milestone either because I started during lockdown too. So it's ah. all, it's all Zoom, Zoom meetings and stuff, but I feel like I know them. I just, we haven't actually uh, got to shake hands yet. I'm exactly the same. I, I mean, um, I, last year there were some in the UK, uh, COVID restrictions were eased a little bit so you could go back into the office. Um, so I went a, a handful of times. So I saw a few people. Um, but yeah, it'll be quite interesting to see what it's like, because I think it's very different working for a company during a pandemic compared to actual normal times, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Awesome. Right. So, Emily, with each of our guests, we like to do a sort of rapid, quick fire round of questions. How do you feel about that? I feel super excited about that. This sounds <laughs> like a ton of fun. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally ready. Awesome. All right. Well, I've got 10 questions. And if you can just clear your mind so you can answer with the first thing that comes into your head. Okay, question number one, mashed potato or roasties? Mashed potatoes. Mm. Mmm. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Do you like horror films? Yes, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I'm a scaredy cat too, so I don't know if that's a real answer. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I, I am a scaredy cat, so I don't even watch them. I can't. Um, what grosses you out? 
Ooh, loud chewing, loud chewers. I'm sorry to all the loud chewers listening, but I I can't. (laughs) Uh, My sister is the same as you and I'm apparently a loud chewer. Uh, So so, so yes, we have uh, arguments about that at at dinner time. Um, Last debate you had. Ooh, last debate. Hmm. You know what? I'm not sure. I'm sure it was something probably related to a TV show that I was watching with my husband or something like that. Yes. I can't recall it off the top of my head. I mean, a a debate about a gripping TV show is always really good, isn't it? (laughs) Probably, Probably something along the lines of like, who should have won the rerun of America's Next Top Model we were watching or something like that. A very important debate to have. Super important topic. (laughs) Is ice cream acceptable all year round? Yes, if that's what you want, but I definitely don't want it. (laughs) All year round, it's too cold right now. Um, How do you wind down after a busy day? I, well, my favorite way to wind down after a busy day is to have a glass of wine. But on most days, typically just watching watching a TV show or um, hanging out with my husband and watching a movie, kind of chatting about the day. So very, very exciting. No, pretty, pretty boring standard ways. But uh, I'd say a glass of wine is my is my favorite thing to look forward to. Okay, you might have sort of already answered my second question, but it might be different. Um, so Imagine you're on a night out. I mean, it's hard to because it's been a while since that was allowed because of pandemic and COVID times. But fingers crossed, nights out will be allowed soon. Um, So if you're out with your friends or your husband, uh, what's your go-to drink? So, okay, there there are two answers here, but hopefully they'll be rapid fire enough to count. (laughs) If I was out, if I was going out for like dinner, it'd be a glass of wine. However, the night out that I miss the most is going to concerts. And my go to Mm -hmm. drink at concerts is uh, is like a blue moon beer, like whatever light, tasty beer they have on tap. That would be my go to drink. Like if I'm going out, that's probably what I'm getting because hopefully I'm at a concert venue. I am so looking forward to summer and like, you know, when it's really hot and you have a really cold, refreshing beer. Mm -hmm. That is the dream. That is the dream. Um, Dark milk or white chocolate? Ooh, okay. This is, this is, I'm actually not a huge fan of chocolate, but if I had to choose one, I would probably say milk chocolate. Ah, controversial that you're not a big chocolate Mm -hmm. fan. I'm not a big cheese fan, and that's apparently quite controversial. Like, you know how most there's some people who would add cheese to everything. Um, <laughs> I would hold the cheese, and that sort of ruffles some feathers. Um, so, so yes. Um, and the last question in this quick fire rapid round is: last place you visited in the world? Ooh, like last place I traveled? Yes. Okay, last time I traveled would have been uh, New York City. Wonderful. What what time of year? Uh, Like the fall. Yeah. Which was, okay, it was the fall, but it was also like 75 degrees and sunny the whole time. So it did not feel like the fall. It was perfect. It was so nice. Um, But yeah, I took a little bit of California weather with me when I went. (laughs) (laughs) Very generous of you. Very generous. 
Um, lovely. Well, you survived. You survived all my questions, and I think you did really well. Um, <laughs> Good to know. So, I passed, yes, pass the quiz. <laughs> Um, so we um, we got you on today to talk about um, local SEO and um, we are particularly going to be talking about things that aren't necessarily list management. So we'll, we'll go on to that later. Um, but first things first, can you give me a brief overview, brief overview, can't get my words out, of yourself, how you got into SEO and became senior manager at uh, for local SEO at Milestone. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I started doing SEO technically in 2012, right after I graduated from college. And um, I started as a writer, as a content writer. I got this job and all I knew was that I would be writing website content. Um, and I got a job at this company called Scorpion, where I was there at for about eight and a half years. And on my first day on the job, I walk in and they're like, yeah, you're the new writer. Okay, here's training. And they asked me and the other two women who had started with me, they're like, okay, uh, so you guys are the writers. You'll be writing website content. Do any of you know what SEO is? And at that moment, I was like, this is how I get fired. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, what is this? But of course, you know, that wasn't the expectation. They were going to train us as to what SEO is as it related to content. And, you know, back in 2012 too, content was such a huge part of SEO that um, that was actually a really great way for me to get my foot in the door. And so from that point, I grew within that, that same company uh, to SEO manager position, um, eventually started running their SEO team and product. And then just about a little over 90 days ago, so uh, late late in, in 2020 on December 1st, I moved companies and I started at Milestone. And um, now as senior manager at local SEO solutions, I get to hyper-focus on local SEO specifically, which actually fits in, now I think about it, really well with everything I was doing at Scorpion 2 because the bulk of the clients that I had there were local businesses. So even even from the content perspective, I've always kind of been doing local SEO in some capacity in the sense that my clients have always been, or almost always, I'm sure there was an exception somewhere, but have always been local clients. So yeah, that's kind of a, an abbreviated version of my uh, journey. But now uh, my role is really exciting because I get kind of the best of both worlds in the sense that I get to work with clients. I get to talk strategy with them and, uh, you know, find those kind of solutions. But then I also get to work on the product side as well and try to, you know, how are we staying ahead of the curve? Like, how are we making sure that like Milestone is providing the best possible and most holistic local SEO solution that we can? So it's a really fun mix of both, you know, mm, it, getting to work yeah. with clients and then also getting to work on the platform and product side, which I love because I enjoy doing both of those things. And I get to uh, not have to, I get to say yes to both, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful because I think uh, for me personally, when it comes to like, um, jobs and job satisfaction I love to um, for it to be varied and for me to have my fingers in like different pies and get involved in different things so it sounds like uh, you're in a really good position to do that and uh, you get two different views of your company which um, yeah sounds very interesting and yeah sounds really fun um okay so 
let's let's get on to talking local SEO and I want to begin with the basics. Um, so what is local SEO and why is it important? Yeah, okay, good question. Uh, you know what? When you find out, let me know and then... <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so local SEO, like picking a definition for that is kind of challenging the more I think about it. Like the more I learn about SEO, the more I'm like, how do we define what local is? Um, I think a lot of times when I'm trying to explain this, I start with like what local SEO is not. Like local SEO isn't just listings management. It's not just local backlinks. But if I was to give like a high level definition, there are a few ways I like to frame it. Uh, one of them is Local SEO is any optimization you're doing on-site or off-site for local search queries. So if a person is searching and they have local intent, whatever you're doing to satisfy that search query is going to be local SEO. And like, yes, that includes your GMB, but that also includes what you're doing on your website and all that good stuff, all the content and whatnot. Um, but really, I think my favorite definition is... Local SEO is engaging with customers, with local customers at every point along the conversion funnel. So really looking at it like, okay, how are we seeking visibility at that initial phase, right? And then how are we optimizing for user experience as they're considering the business? And then how are we helping them convert and all of that good stuff. But I really think the emphasis being like visibility and engagement for local customers is where I land as far as what is the best possible definition for local SEO. Um, that's where I'm at right now. Who knows? It might change. If you had asked me this question five years ago, obviously it would have been uh, probably a different answer. But yeah, that's how I like to think of it. And I mean, really the reason it's important is kind of in the definition, right? Getting visibility because that's what businesses need to get customers. And that's what customers need to find the services and the products that they need locally. So really visibility is going to be the reason it's important. SEO is one of the ways that you can do that uh, with digital marketing. And yeah, I think that it's kind of a long answer to a short question, but there's so many different ways you can define it because it's kind of a really broad topic. But that's how that's how I like to think about it. No, and that was, yes, when I thought about the question, I suppose that was a quite big one, but your sort of definition does just help um, bring an understanding. Um, and I suppose, so when when people think of local SEA, they might um, sort of think, right, I need to, that's, that's Google, uh, Google sort of holds the monopoly. Um, so are we saying that like when it comes to online directories that um, it's just Google is, or are there like other online di directories that we need to be thinking of? And um, yeah, and how, and how, how basically? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, obviously Google My Business is the major player there, right? Because mm. people tend to use Google the most and Google loves it when we use their products. So absolutely, like GMB is probably going to be your most prominent source of local traffic from a listings perspective. But on the flip side, there are a ton of other channels that can be extremely beneficial, like, you know, Apple Maps, Bing, um, Yelp, all of that good stuff. And then also niche like specific listings as well. You know, if you're um, if you're a hotel, for example, like there are tons of travel travel sites that are going to have listings available to you, things like that. So really looking like all of those core channels are important. Um, but GMB and Apple Maps are probably the most commonly used one that would apply to pretty much any industry. Uh, but no, I definitely, I, I, it's not just GMB. Like I talk about GMB a lot because mm. there are so many features and so much functionality there. So it's easy to get stuck on that. But at the end of the day, 
all those other channels are important too. Like you really have to hit it from all sides to actually leverage the potential visibility that is out there for you. So definitely, you know, I would, I would say that absolutely focus on more than just Google, but yeah, Google is going to be a primary driver of traffic for sure. How would you go about prioritizing what are the directories to look at? Because obviously there's there's loads out there, isn't there? I can't, I don't even know the, like the number off the top of my head. But how, what advice would you give to a business with sort of like limited resource and they're wanting to like the most out of their visibility? So is there any like tips for prioritization? Yeah, I would, I would say do a little research and figure out what people are using the most. And this might take some experimenting too. Like some businesses have really good luck advertising on Yelp. Others do not. Some have really good luck hyper-focusing just on GMB or maybe are getting um, a lot of business because they're in Apple Maps or whatever it might be. But I would say start with the ones that you know people use because the whole point of SEO is like you want to be doing what is best for the customer. So Mm. go where your customers are. And if you are, I'm thinking like, you know, if you're um, like, there are a lot of like healthcare specific directories, things like that. Um, Look at those, you know, like WebMD, people use that all the time. We know that's a prominent one. So that might be a priority for if you're a a doctor or a dentist or whatever. Um, So kind of looking at it from like, okay, what do we know everyone uses, such as GMB, Bing, Apple, that kind of stuff. And then what do we know everyone or a lot of people use within my specific industry and kind of divide it up that way. And really, I mean, when it comes like, yes, all directories are important, but also mm-hmm. having like, you don't need like hundreds and hundreds of them. Like it might just be, you know, a dozen or like 30 tops that are going to actually provide that type of value that you're needing. So it doesn't have to be totally exhaustive. Like you don't need a list of every directory <laughs> that's on, on the internet anywhere, because a lot of those ones that used to be beneficial for like a backlink or um, just kind of, you know, NAP, like name, address, phone number consistency. Yes. Google doesn't really need that context anymore to understand your business. So if you have those directories that are just kind of floating around and they're not even indexed, like I would reevaluate whether or not that's providing value to you. Um, so that's how that's how I I tend to think about it, like think about it from a customer first mindset. And if people aren't using it, then it's probably not going to be that helpful to your business either. You just brought a good question to my to my mind. So uh, you've just talked about NAP. So name, um, what, what does NAP stand for again? Right. It's so um, it stands for name, address, phone number. Another way is UNAP. So you are all name, address, phone number. Ah. So just that like basic, like the most important information about your business, because if it's not right, people can't contact you. <laughs> Is that so, how, yeah. So it's still important because um, when I was like looking into local SEO, like I saw everywhere about sort of managing your nap or your UNAP. So making sure that there is consistency. Um, is that still important or? So it's important if the goal is you're you're getting your name, address, and phone number in front of customers so they can contact you. But I think the mindset shift or the kind of shift in thinking that has happened over the past couple of years with local and I think should continue to happen as well as in the past, there was this emphasis on NAP because we assumed like that was considered a ranking factor where it's like, if you're on 120 directories and you're and like one of them is wrong, like Google's going to view that as inconsistent and that's going to be bad for you. The reality is like that just isn't true necessarily because Google Google understands your business, where it's located and all of that good stuff. 
without having to look at those 120 sites. However, if your NAP is inconsistent on you know some of those top core channels, then you're going to run into issues because now customers are like calling the wrong business or you know they're they have the wrong address and they can't show up at your location and they get mad and leave you a bad review, you know, so it's important from the customer perspective. But as far as Google is concerned, and like ranking is concerned, UNAP doesn't carry the same weight that it used to because Google Mm. is significantly more intuitive about understanding the value of businesses as entities today than it was in the past. So yes, still valuable, but kind of for a different reason. Ah, interesting. And yeah, and I think the key thing is, is that um, SEO, Google and other search engines and other online directories are um, developing and always getting more sophisticated. So what used to be the case and what was important um, five, 10 years ago is going to is going to change and shift, isn't it? And that's that's the case across SEO and across Google and other search engines. Um, okay, so if we think about local SEO and our own websites, then um, I'm guessing um, content, contact and location pages has an impact on local SEO. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. That's a, you know, one of the things because we've thought about listings as being local SEO for so long, one of my favorite things is talking about, okay, what are all the other things that we can do? Like what mm. have we maybe been kind of neglecting? because we've been so hyper-focused on listings. Um, But yeah, definitely like location pages, contact pages, all of that good stuff on your website is so important because sure, Google wants to be the homepage and people might call directly from the knowledge panel, but also your website is another signal to Google as to whether or not you are a relevant search result. So not only is it gonna play in as far as just you getting more visibility in search, but also, people are going to land on that page and they need to find, you know, they need to get the information that they need there. They need to be able to contact you easily. They need to find answers to questions before they contact you. All Hmm. of that, all of that good, all of that good stuff. So to me, location pages are a super fun. um, They're a really fun puzzle and a fun thing to talk about because so often, especially at the enterprise level, you'll end up with location pages that are kind of just, Uh, repetitive, I guess, would be the way to describe them. Like it's kind of the same information across a bunch of pages and the address and phone number are different everywhere. And like the map would be different, you know, but really location pages are so, so valuable. And I think it's a huge untapped opportunity for any business that is multi-location to really dive in and see like, okay, what unique value can I provide on these location pages that wouldn't apply to any other location? Because that's where you start actually creating additional value for users. And Google, as it continues to get smarter and smarter about understanding your business as an entity, can also pick up on that and see like, okay, this is a, a unique and valuable location. So I mean, the value there is twofold, right? It's for your customers and it's also for search engines. But Hmm. really the emphasis is going to be, okay, how can we make each of these pages as unique as possible without, you know, having to (laughs) essentially develop a miniature website for every single location, right? It's all about scaling. But but yeah, I think it's a really untapped opportunity for a lot of businesses because it's so easy to just be like, here's a picture of the storefront, here's our address, here's a generic Hmm. description of the company overall. And that's pretty much it. But really that isn't, you know, that's, you're leaving a lot on the table at that point, I would say. Um, but yeah, location pages, contact pages, so important. And I'm thinking like you could, you could think of ways that you could customize like location pages and depending on your business, um, you could, 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on the resource you have, isn't it? And um, like, yeah, what you've got available and stuff. But there is definitely stuff that you could put because, um, for example, there might be um, additional services that are available at some stores and not at other. Um, there might be other sort of features at some stores that aren't at others. Um, or there's like stuff that you could talk about the actual location. So I'm guessing it's it'd be quite easy to sort of think of ways that you can um, customize and make each sort of page a bit more bespoke. I suppose it might be more of an issue of the actual resource and getting it done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the thing is like it takes time, right? It's definitely yeah. an investment. One One of my favorite things to suggest because I see it so rarely, but even from the customer perspective, I would love to see this on more location pages as I'm searching as a customer is, mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on the business type and if it makes sense, having like a, a staff bio section. So, you mm. know, maybe I'm looking for like my local bank that's closest to me. Well, if there's like a little bio there about the like general manager for that location, I as a customer can see that and be like, oh, this is great. So if I have like a bad experience, I know that this person, you know, that's who I can talk to about it. This is their leadership. It has like an element of personalization, but that's also unique value that you can't really add to any other location. So it's like, well, that's a win-win, right? Because it's going to help your customers feel more confident. But then you're also adding content to the page that you couldn't copy and paste and add on a different location necessarily. Um, hmm. And that's kind of the like, that's kind of the, um, oh, how what's the word I'm looking for? That's how I determine like, is this truly unique information? Well, if you could copy and paste it and add it to a different location, then it's probably not totally unique information. <laughs> but in a situation like that with like a staff bio or like a little leadership highlight or something like that, yeah. um, that can be really valued, like even, or valuable rather even like for like auto dealerships or things like that. Like I want to know who, like, who can I get in touch with if I have a bad experience or a good one? Um, so that's a, that's a good opportunity, I think too, for a lot of, a lot of businesses. Definitely, definitely. And I really like your tip there of like, um, when you're questioning about having bespoke and um, good, like unique content about, could I copy and paste this onto other, that's a really quick and easy sort of checklist, isn't it? Um, so that's a really handy, great tip there. Um, moving on then, because time is flying and I just, there's so much to cover, but maybe we just get you back on to <laughs> discuss what we sort of don't get to discuss. Um, so later this year, uh, we have the lovely core web vitals coming, don't we? Um, so, uh, I want to say, is, is it around May time or? Yeah, yeah, it's in May. Yeah. Um, so is this something that will affect local SEO? Yeah. So this is, a, this is another thing I get really excited to talk about now. <laughs> Full disclosure, you, I am not the person you want. Actually, I'm not the developer you want going in and actually, like fixing this on your website. However, I do think it's really important for local and I love talking about the implications of it. Um, so just like I, to like backtrack a tiny bit, Core Web Vitals are basically three specific metrics that Google rolled out to kind of define user experience on a page. It's related to page speed. So page speed has six specific metrics. Core Web Vitals are three of them that Google is using to measure, okay, uh, how long does it take for the page to load, but also is all of the stuff on the page moving around when it's loading and is that frustrating to users? How long does it take for like the biggest thing on the page to load first? All of that good stuff. So 
I find it fascinating because you really can see Google drawing this dotted line between, okay, here are things that we can actually measure and here's how it's going to impact your user experience. Now, how this ties back to local SEO is if you think about that initial definition that I gave about um, local is basically creating visibility or satisfying search queries for anyone with local intent. Well, if your website is seeking local customers and local visitors, then core web vitals and making sure that your site is compliant and it's as fast as possible and has a good UX is going to be just as important. Like that's just as much part of local as your directories are really. And um, yeah, I think... I think that I like thinking about this because it's so it's not often that it comes into the local SEO conversation, but really like we talk about listings so much and listings, listings get talked about so much because they are unique to local. But also I think it's really important for us to consider like things like page speed and core vitals and all of that good technical stuff. That's just as much part of your local SEO as anything else, especially as Google is more and more focused on what are people's experience? You know, what is the user experience? How are you engaging with people? And core vitals are a way that we can actually measure that. So I would say that's a huge untapped opportunity for uh, for a lot of businesses too. And the best part is we actually know it's coming <laughs> so we can yeah. prepare for it as much as possible. Yes, definitely. Because there's so many times where uh, we've been in a situation where Google has rolled out a big update and not really said anything. And then we sort of have to deal with that aftermath, aftermath don't we? So it's yeah. it's good that we've been given a heads up this time. Um, from talking to you about, um, because when I first sort of uh, like got into SEO and learned about like the different sort of principles within it, uh, SEO I sort of saw local SEO as being like independent but it's really sort of from this conversation like local SEO is like part of do you know what I mean it should be part mm-hmm. of not just SEO but your whole sort of um your customer experience and your funnels and your and yeah and you just it, it should be part like local SEO is very very important and should be part of like the bigger marketing picture, shouldn't it really? Yeah, totally. I I love that you mentioned that because I have the silliest metaphor that I love to. Yes, I love, I love it. I love it. Come on, <laughs> hit me. I'm all about metaphors and the more outlandish they are, the more they speak to me. So one way I like to think about it is, and as well, like this is the same for me. Like if you had asked me a couple of years ago, like what is local? I would have listed all of those things that we traditionally think local as being like, Local is like frosting that you add on top of a cake, basically. Like you Mm. have your whole strategy and it's like the website's there, the technical's great. You know, we don't have any broken links. We're all good. And we have our content. And then we're just going to like slap some local SEO on top, you know, serve it and we're good to go. And like that, that really is often the the perception of local is it's something that you add on top and it generally includes things like maybe your location pages and adding the city name and the meta title, et cetera, Mm. and then your listings. And that's pretty much it. But um, as much as I love cake, that really isn't the way that we want to think about local SEO. Like on the flip side, local should function a lot more like a snow cone where (laughs) the actual flavor and all the good stuff is completely like it's saturated fully, right? You cannot separate local from the rest of the strategy. So uh, snow cones over over cake frosting in this situation, although in real life, I would always say that cake is better. But um, but yeah, just like thinking from that snow cone mentality where it's like your local is touching and permeating every single part of your digital marketing uh, because it is inseparable, right? Your customers are local. So your SEO is local too, regardless of what the strategy is. 
I love that metaphor. I'm. I, I have to admit that I have never had a snow cone. I, I know. I know what we're talking about because I always see them in like the American films that I I, I watch. Um, but are snow cones as good as they look? Uh, okay, here's the thing about <laughs> snow cones. <laughs> I haven't had one in a while, but I did used to get them at the fair when I was a kid. Um, they're good, but the problem is the syrup kind of like by the time you're done with it, you've mostly just have like normal snow on top and then oh, okay. and then all the good stuff at the bottom. So you kind of just have to eat them really quickly. <laughs> so yeah, they're good and like really refreshing, but um, and great option if you're looking for dairy-free. But yes. um, I think that they look really nice at first, but they melt kind of fast. So it's like, uh, you gotta, you gotta be quick. Otherwise, otherwise you'll just have snow with like a puddle of delicious syrup at the bottom. See, this is educational on so many levels. We're getting into <laughs> snow cones. We're doing local SEO. Um, I, I've got, I've only got time for one more question. I can't believe how fast this episode's gone. Um, so my last question on this topic is, um, I want you to get your crystal ball out. Um, and what in the future, what are some of the things that you can see becoming more important or new things for local SEO? Yeah, yeah. This is a good question. And I know I've been asked this question like three times this year, and I think it's been (laughs) different every single time. So here's my new, (laughs) here's my new answer off the top of my head. I mean, we already talked about core vitals, right? So we know that's happening and we know that it connects to local if you have a website targeting local customers. So that's something that we can very, I don't need a crystal ball for that because Google told us it's coming. So that's definitely one. And then the other one I think is just entity search in general. Um, you know, understanding how Google now understands local businesses outside of just UNAP, but um, understanding how you can provide additional context to search engines and users to create this, you know, to create your business as an entity online, I think is really important. And this, this particular activity or strategy is nothing new necessarily, but I think that schema will continue to see being really important for local. And I really, really, fingers crossed, hope that we see more and more local businesses leveraging schema outside of just the local business schema type, because it's such an easy fallback, right? There's Mm. local business schema type exists, but, you know, outside of that, a lot of times businesses aren't using other, other schema types. Like if you have a staff bio on one of your location pages, you can mark up person schema, like all that good stuff. So I would hope in the future, and maybe if I keep saying this, when people (laughs) ask this question, it'll happen, (laughs) but I would hope that schema gets, gets a little bit more attention in the local SEO space, just because so many businesses kind of default to that one schema type when there's actually a ton of additional, um, opportunities out there for you to mark up content so that Google can better understand your business as an entity and then service it for more users. So hopefully, hopefully schema continues to get more attention in the future too, specifically in the local space. Lovely. And I'm very sorry, um, but I can't, I've got no more time to ask you any more questions. <laughs> um, but I mean, like I said, we may just have to get you back on and cause I feel like we've just sort of scratched the surface and we could definitely go into depth about more stuff or there's probably stuff that we haven't even covered. Um, so thank you very much. That was very insightful. Are you ready for the feature? (laughs) I'm so ready. Yes, very ready. Right. Okay. So this week's feature um, is, so 
I so we'll each give three facts about ourselves to each other. One of these facts is a lie. We have to try and identify the the lie out of the facts. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Two two facts and a lie. All right. I think I got it. Yeah. Right, Emily. Have you got your your facts? Yes. Yeah. I've got mine. And because you're a guest, I'll let you decide. Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? I will go ahead and go first. So I don't right. forget. <laughs> so I don't forget my, my points here. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I am. Um, okay. Here we go. First, I have two cats. Second, I play the violin. And third, I'm related to Lizzie Borden. Ooh. Now, I don't know if you, you're doing mind games here because your last one is quite out there, isn't there, compared to yours? <laughs> um, I mean, playing the violin, that, I mean, I want to ask questions, but I know that asking questions will only incriminate, you know, like I'll find <laughs> out that way, so I won't. Um, what do I think? So two cats, you play the violin and you're related to, what was the name again? Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. I'm going, right, don't judge me. Let me just Google. Uh, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. <laughs> I've just, I, I think that's, too, I think that one's a bit out there. I'm going to go with, oh, what do I go with here? I, a complete guess. I reckon your lie is uh, you you don't play the violin. I think that's your lie. Oh, you're correct. You got it. How did you trap me? I Yeah, that was good. That was well played. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I want to ask questions about who you're related to. Um, yeah, no, Lizzie, Lizzie Borden's up there in the family tree somewhere, like a distant cousin or something like that. That's always my fun, true fact. Whenever I someone's like, give a fun fact, I'm like, Lizzie Borden, because it's a weird one. But <laughs> it, it, Definitely, definitely. Okay, are you ready for mine? Yeah. Okay. I can do a backflip. I once made a cheesecake with cottage cheese. Um, which obviously didn't go down well at all. <laughs> um, and I've broken my two front teeth around 10 times. Ooh. Okay. What do you reckon? Um, yeah. I'm guessing a UK cheesecake is the same as a US cheesecake. Yeah, I think so. I think and so, cottage yeah. cheese is the same as well. Yeah. See, here's the thing. The, here's where here's where I'm caught up. See, breaking your teeth and being able to do a backflip, those feel like mutually exclusive. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> if you could do a backflip, <laughs> or maybe related, hmm, I'm gonna say number three is the lie. Well, you think uh, my lie is that I've broken my front teeth around ten times? Correct. That is not a lie. Oh. My lie, my lie was I can do a backflip. Oh, <laughs> I, I knew it did, did. Man, now I have so many questions. <laughs> That's such a good one. 
Oh. oh, well, I mean, I'm really sad to say, Emily, but that brings us to the end of this week's SEO SAS podcast. I hope you had fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. This was great. And also, I learned an interesting fact and also learned that I'm bad at detecting lies. <laughs> <laughs> now, that doesn't mean like you might still be good at telling lies. Like, you know, I don't know what's more valuable. That's a question. <laughs> Would you rather be able to ex- like know when someone's lying or be really good at telling lies that's a question isn't it I would rather be a good lie detector I think that would be fun yeah (laughs) yeah then I could be like a like a detective like that you see on tv you know like a consultant for the police department (laughs) I like it I like it um right Emily where can people find you so if after listening to this episode they want to like reach out or see what you're doing or things that you share where can they find you Yeah, they can find me on Twitter. That's where I am most active online um, at Plot Boilers. So P-L-O-T Boilers. Uh, And yeah, so hit me up on Twitter. Um, I love talking about SEO, but then I'll also talk about my cats and all kinds of good stuff there. So (laughs) it's the best place to find me. Jolly good. I love, uh, and just as an FYI, Twitter has an awesome SEO community. Uh, whenever I've got a question or a query or I, I just want to reach out, there's always so many people willing to help, isn't there, on Twitter? Um, oh, yeah. So. It's such a such a great community. I have just, especially in the past year, like being being remote has kind of inspired me to get more involved and whatnot. And I've just met so many cool people there, so many such a wealth of knowledge yeah yes definitely um if you want to get in touch with seo sas we are on twitter seo underscore sas i'm personally on twitter as well sarah mcd uk you can also find me on linkedin at sarah mcdowell um and we have an email address as well so our email address is hello at seosaspodcast.com um the only thing left to say is um if you enjoy this podcast and you are not yet a subscriber please do uh, because then you will get notifications of new episodes um and yes if you're feeling extra generous we'd love a review as well because we'd like to see what people are saying about this podcast um so so yes um I think the only thing left for us to do Emily is say goodbye all right well have have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you again so much for having me on this was great thank you for joining me and until next time guys